Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody. And I want to thank you for joining me today on the Born to Talk radio show podcast. And the show today is going to be featuring the great work that the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Los Angeles is doing. And my guests include the president of the board and a returning guest almost one year to the date, Ray Sweet. Welcome to the show, Ray. Well, thank you, Marcia. It's a pleasure to speak with you again and uh, to your audience. Oh, it's wonderful. But I'd also like our audience to meet the other Ray. So joining <laughs> me also is Ray Lopez. And he is the camp director of Circle V Ranch Camp. And I'd like to welcome you to the show for your first time, Ray. Marcia, it's a privilege and honor. Thank you for having me. Oh, my, my pleasure. I think before we get into the, the meat of the show, which is really about the wonderful work that you are both doing for, for St. Vincent de Paul, I thought maybe it's, I like this part. I like to get to know my guests. I like my audience to just know a little bit about who you both are before we get into our subject. And I'll start with you, Ray Sweet. And I, I, I may end up calling you Sweet and Lopez as we, as we run through this show. But Ray Sweet, why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself? Well, I thank you for that uh, opportunity. And, and uh, what I'd like to begin by saying that uh, – just as my adult career has been in the executive search business, uh, that's uh, something that people need a little explanation on sometimes, uh, often called a headhunter. But I recruited uh, executives and management people for corporations, uh, mostly local Southern California, but uh, some national as well. And uh, I developed relationships with a lot of people, in, including a former member of the board of directors of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. And uh, he was terming off. We have uh, term limits of six years. And uh, he invited me to to be nominated, if you will. And uh, he nominated me to join the board um, back in 2011. And uh, I was voted on to the board. And, and uh, a couple of years later, uh, was elected to be the finance chair and uh after a couple of years of that uh was elected uh, president of the board or chairman if you will uh but we call it we use the term chairman or excuse me we use the term president of the board and i've been doing that uh it'll in september it'll be the uh, end of my first term and if i'm uh, fortunate enough to be reelected i will be serving another 3 years but uh uh it's uh, it's been a privilege and an honor to to uh, serve the poor and through this uh, organization. It's uh, unique in, in in its approach to service to the poor and uh, hopefully in 
in the uh, ensuing hour here, we'll learn uh, some of the things that we do, and uh, not the least of which is our crown jewel, which is a, the Circle V Ranch Camp, and uh, Ray Lopez, Lopez will be uh, joining us and giving a explanation of that and some background on it. Uh, it's very dear to my heart because as a uh, child, I was a camper at Circle V Ranch Camp. That uh, shows you how far back that, that goes. Uh, uh, not that I was a camper in 1947, but I believe that was the uh, <laughs> year it, it got started. Uh, but in well, any that's case, great. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Ray, you, you gave a terrific segue um, because uh, we I do want to um, ask you, Ray, um, I believe you may have also been a camper, but maybe we'll find that out. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Well, thank you, Marcia. Yeah, I got my start back in 1993 at the Circle V Ranch Camp as a camp counselor, and it absolutely changed my life um, to spend a, a summer out in the outdoors and working with uh, children and teens alike um, really gave me a vision of what I was called to do. And um, I spent over, you know, 20 years um, coming each summer and um, experiencing the awe and the wonder of the outdoor experiences at Circle V. And for the past 11 years, I've been um, the full-time camp director. So I've had a front row view of, of so many um, miracles and life-changing experiences um, that happen at camp. And so it's just an honor to be on the show. Um, I can't wait to talk about all the good things um, that camp does for young people and, and the plans uh, St. Vincent de Paul has for the future um, of Circle V Ranch Camp. Oh, that's going to be great. I know I know what it meant for me to go to camp when I was a Girl Scout. Uh, I remember that's where I learned to swim. I, there's a yeah. lot of memories, and for those people that are listening to this show, you know, that may really spark some memories. But I might, I might also say, say this at this time, too, because, Ray, we're going to be talking about St. Vincent de Paul, L.A. Um, I know personally for myself that when my parents passed away, and I mentioned this a year ago when you were on the show with me, and we had to break down, you know, the house and get, take care of things. St. Vincent de Paul is who I called, and mm. your purple truck pulled up to my dad's house, and we took care of business, and I know that you do a lot of wonderful things, and I thought perhaps, Ray, we could start by having you just give us some background about St. Vincent de Paul, L.A., and, and its mission. Let's, let's, let's share with the, with, with the audience what it is you do. Well, one of the things that I enjoy telling people, and uh, I, I speak uh, quite often to audiences about the uh, society, and, and uh, I talk about the origins of it. Uh, I, if you can imagine uh, a group of college students sitting around uh, lamenting the fact that we have so many homeless on, on the streets, and uh, what can we do about it? And uh, and I say, what what college do you think that was? Uh, was it USC? Was it UCLA? No, it was the Sorbonne in Paris, France, and the year was 1833. That was the year hmm. that our founder Frederick Ozanam uh, founded the organization, and his idea was let's get out into the streets 
<clears throat> service these poor, bring them food, bring them firewood. Believe it or not, they they were out, out outdoors during the winter. They needed heat as well as food, shelter. And that's that plan that he put together. It has resonated throughout history and throughout the world. Uh, we're we're in 150 countries. We have over a million volunteers, and here in in Los Angeles, we have about uh, 2,500 volunteers. And uh, the way we operate is uh, uh, unique to any any nonprofit organization, uh, charitable organization that I am aware of. And what happens is we we establish these conferences of charity. We call them in the various Catholic parishes, and uh, we're in about half of uh, all the 288 parishes that are uh, that make up the the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. So we're in L.A., Ventura, and Santa Barbara counties. And what happens is uh, if someone comes into the to, comes to the church, the uh, the parish and says, I, I have a problem. I can't meet my uh, my rent this month because we had a, an accident in the family or the utilities are about to be shut off because uh, uh, my, my husband's been out of work uh, for whatever reason or whatever. I mean, there's a, a myriad of, of uh, problems that people face. And we will send a, a team from that uh, conference of charity they go out in twos. They visit the family. They visit the home. Home visit is the is the essence of what we do, uh, and how we operate. I don't know of any other organization that does that, but that's what Frederick Osenham started with his plan back in 1833. That's what we still do, and we find out what is the issue, what is the problem, and uh, how can we help. And oftentimes, it's a we we will make that payment. We will pay that bill, be it a utility bill or uh, the rent for the month, whatever it takes. And sometimes we go out and find that, and this has happened on many occasions, we find that uh, not only did this family uh, need financial assistance, we had, I can think of one instance where the the couple went out to to visit and found that the, the kids were sleeping on the floor. They didn't even have a bed. So they immediately went to the thrift store, got a bed, got a dresser that they needed as well, and brought it to the home. And and that is is the way we operate. And and uh, it, it's uh, something that makes us very proud to be part of the organization and to see how we do service the poor. That's just one aspect. Uh, we also have uh, a uh, shelter for uh homeless men and on skid row we have about 65 beds we we put them up uh, there we feed them uh, we have various organizations that volunteer to come in and serve the, the food uh to these uh these men that are that are homeless and uh, we try to take them from homelessness to uh permanent residence and uh that includes social workers and case management and, and everything that goes into getting them on their way. Uh, to, well, that's uh, terrific. Uh, I mean, that's, that's really, like you said, Ray, that, that is something you just is unique to St. Vincent de Paul. I was, I was curious to know um, before, because I, I do have another question regarding this, but 
when did St. Vincent de Paul of Los, of Los Angeles, when did they first begin? Do you know that, that history? I'm going to, I have a, I may not get the exact year right, but it was uh, back, About? I think it was in 1907 uh, or something of that age. It's been, a, oh, we've been around okay. a so while here. Yeah. A very, very long time. And oh, if yeah, I'm not yeah. mistaken, yes, um, I think that, and maybe we'll come back to this in a minute, because I, I do want to ask, because we're talking sort of historical now. So I, I would like to put this question to you, Ray, as the camp director. What What is the background and what is the history of the Circle V Ranch camp? Sure, sure. So the Society of St. Vincent de Paul realized the importance of getting um, children and teens um, outdoors for a week, and uh, since 1945, um, the society has operated a, a, a youth recreational camp. It was an all-boys camp for a number of years. It moved uh, several times. It moved um, in 1954. It was in the Santa Susana Mountains, and then again it moved uh, to Malibu in 1971. And then um, the Conservancy bought um, that site, and we moved again in 1990, and we've been at the Circle V Ranch Camp in Santa Barbara, um, near Lake Kachuma, if you're aware. It's, it's between Santa Barbara and San Inez. And we've been there since uh, 1990. So we're on 30 acres in the Los Padres National Forest. And it's just an amazing um, place to visit. I mean, so, um, yeah, so so St. Vincent knows that if we can get kids out of their environment early, um, we can make systemic change and make a, a difference in their lives. The, um, the outcomes are different. I have a, a good friend who was the director of the Manning Center a number of years ago, and she would look out on that second floor uh, window and look down on, on the streets of Skid Row and said, um, we didn't get that one. We, we missed helping that person. And so she was always a big advocate of, of making sure kids who couldn't afford the, the cost of going outdoors for six days and five nights to make sure they get that chance so yeah that's a privilege and an honor to be part of what the society is doing it's not uh, cheap to make it happen every summer but the board and the donors and all those involved at St. Vincent's is committed to making sure kids um, that can't afford camp can get out there. That's terrific. So, you know, you, you answered a question that I was about to ask, which was, so they go for six days and five nights. That's what you said, all right. Is that right? That is correct. They're there, okay. What are the ages? What, 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 what ages are we speaking? How young are your youngest campers? Yeah, our, our, that's a good question. Our youngest camper is seven. It's a seven to 13. And then we have a, a teen leadership program for our older teens, 14 to 17. So, um, I see um, campers literally grow up every summer, starting from 7 to 17, and as they go through the program, they then want to come back and, and become counselors when they're 18 years old. Um, it's a six-day, five-night program. Um, in normal years, we run eight sessions of camp, and this summer we'll run four. Um, um, we'll run four sessions of camp and see over 500 campers this summer. 95% of our campers are attending on either a partial scholarship or a full scholarship, depending on the financial need. We work with a lot of single parent families, um, group homes and foster care programs um, that, you know, can't afford to send their um, 
their children to camp. And so if there's a spot, um, we, we take them at, at the Circle V Ranch Camp. That's terrific. How many kids did you say you'll see over your four sessions about? Uh, over 500 this summer. In normal years, we've okay. um, um, I'm seeing 1,200 campers, but this summer it'll be 500. Got it. I, you know, it just I think about what you need. I think about what camp means. You know, you you mentioned uh, Ray that you went as a camper back when you were a kid. You mentioned Ray that you've been you started as a counselor and you've worked your way through through that. I I know what camp means personally. Not only did I also go to Girl Scout camp, but I worked for the YMCA mm. for ten years, and I could oh, wow. see what what camp meant to these kids. I could see the excitement when they were getting on the bus, you know, and mm-hmm. just hearing their stories. And and if camp is expensive, let's not kid ourselves. It, it, there's operational charges for this, and to be able to scholarship. 90, what I think you said, 95% of your kids get some either partial or full scholarships for a week at camp. Uh, you you can't you can't overemphasize the the importance of of what that what that means. It just it's just phenomenal. I I guess when I'm thinking about it, Ray, when and talking about camp, well, how does it feel when you're there? as this director, because maybe you're seeing counselors that you perhaps saw as youngsters. Does, does that happen? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, um, there's countless stories of, of watching our younger campers come through the program and um, their lives are changed over those years. And it takes just a week. I always tell the staff that we're just planting seeds of hope, of a, of a vision of themselves for a bigger tomorrow role models that you know that they can look up to and say if they can do it i can too you know we get kids that um have never been out of their neighborhoods never been to the beach or or to the forest and to get them out of their Mm -hmm. environment there's something about it and and marcia you get it you've been to to camp you worked at camp and you, you can see the the transformation that takes place in just a short time and so those seeds are planted and they come back every year and as they get older, they realize it's about not about them anymore, and it's about giving back. And then they want to come back and help the younger kids. And they're, they're, even what they do as, as their profession changes, Some I get counselors that want to be engineers, but when they go to camp for the summer, they want to be in the profession of youth development or teaching, um, working with young people because it's just so um, life-affirming and life-changing for so many, including myself and my family. Um, we think we're giving, but in, in reality, we're, we're receiving so much more as we as we participate and give at the program. Do you have I, children like as well? To, the, I, I, oh, no, go ahead. I'm go sorry. ahead, Wade. I, I, would, no. I would like to add to the, the, how much the camp impresses a, a person. Here it is decades later, and I can still name the counselors that I had mm. as they visited Paul Ranch Camp. Uh, it's an amazing experience, and uh, Ray Lopez is doing a fantastic job of making that experience fantastic for all the campers that, that uh, he has under his, uh, under his wing. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see, and uh, uh, very proud of it. That's why we call it the, the crown jewel of our uh, Society of St. Vincent de Paul. I bet, and and it's also 
if, if I'm not mistaken, because you do have a fabulous website, and I would really encourage people to visit your website. Uh, they can just go to St. Vincent. To, uh, I, you know what? I had it up in front of me right now. Why don't you Why don't you say the name of the website just real it's quick the, for me, Ray, you, so that people can, can find use it. The, use the initials, St. Vincent de Paul, L.A., so it's svdpla.org. That's right. I've got it in front of me. It's, so I'm going to repeat it. It's S V as in Vincent, D P L A dot org. And for the Circle um, V Ranch Camp, it is just simply the same thing. It is Circle V, like Victor, Ranch Camp dot org. And you guys have just terrific, you have a terrific website. And maybe I should do a shout out to Chris because. Chris, who was which who joined you, Ray, the first time last year, he's done a, a yes. tremendous job and and promoting this. In fact, there's a really terrific song that Sha- that Shakira uh, Shakira does on your site that I think it's called Try Everything. And it oh, it's just it's just it's a beautiful. You have a beautiful website, and you can see the joy on everybody's faces. And it's a re- and it's a retreat center as well. So you must. Have other activities that also go on there. Is that right, Ray? You do things that besides just so, camp up there. Right. So when it's, we're not in summer camp sessions, uh, the rest of the year we're uh, renting out to nonprofit groups. Uh, retreat center is available during the weekend on weekends. So yeah, we're pretty busy um, the rest of the year. And that and those funds help um, support our program. So um, when they rent out the retreat center, um, the funds um, help uh, support our, our scholarships. Or campers. Oh, that's that's terrific. And you know, I was thinking about um, just camp, and you know, we can't not talk about the elephant in the room, so to speak, because for even I don't care where in the country you live, if you follow the news, just like we know the devastation that's going on. Uh, with the floods and tornadoes that have hit other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could not know that we had devastating fires in 2017 all over the place. And you um, also um, had that same situation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the we challenge did. that you faced with that Whittier fire that, that hit up in the area where camp is located? And indeed, uh, it was a normal day on July uh, 2017. It was day four. It was a, a red flag warning day, so we knew the potential for fire due to the you know the high temperatures. I think it was nearly 110 degrees on that day. Low humidity. It was windy that day, so we were all aware of the potential for wildfire. Now we've gotten those in the past, and thankfully, we've never had to deal with the wildfire, and we planned for it for many years. But on that day, would would change um, um, the direction of, of our program, of our, of our history in many ways, and we've learned many lessons from it. But on that day, I saw a thin plume of smoke. I thought it was on the other side, or hoping it was on the other side of the lake, to give us enough time to, to evacuate. We would quickly find out it would only be a mile and a half from camp. Um, we quickly put um, the emergency and evacuation procedures in place. We, um, it started off as an evacuation for the entire camp. We had 88 campers and about 34 staff members on site that day. 30 campers and 12 staff members would, would make 
um, would evacuate 58 campers and 24 staff members, including myself, would return to camp. Uh, you can't imagine how fast a, a wildfire moves, and uh, you can't outrun it. So we made the correct decision to turn around, and we sheltered in place in our dining hall for three hours. Two first oh my responders, gosh. Marcia, two first responders would make it into camp on that day, and only two. Um, the, oh. we, the fire would um, wrap around the camp. Um, we're talking 60 to 100-foot flames that you could see from from all um from all in front of us and so um the staff did an incredible job um you know keeping the kids calm entertaining them with games and songs uh, we watched the movie or mm. part part of a movie until the um the electricity went out at some point but they did an incredible job of keeping um campers calm um it was an intense day to say the least and so those two First responders would make it into camp. Dave Dahlberg with the U.S. Forest Service and Mark Lenane with uh, Santa Barbara County Fire. He was a bulldozer operator, so he was cutting lines around the camp to keep the fire from approaching us and encircling and getting to camp. Um, uh, Dave Dahlberg was key because he had a radio, so he was able to tell us when um, search and rescue would make it in, when um, DC 10 air tankers would would drop that pink retardant, also called Foscheck, and really mm-hmm. they would fight it from the air. Um, that was, I think, the big difference. Um, DC 10 air tankers and helicopter pilots were dropping water and that Foscheck, and kept that fire at bay. And so there are many um, heroes. Um, that we can thank um, that I have not met yet because of the work they did on that day. And so we would wait with uh, those two first responders for three hours. It was probably the fastest three hours of my life <laughs> and the longest, if that would make any sense later. <laughs> it does. So we would yes. finally, um, search and rescue would finally make it into camp, and we would make our evacuation, and um, thankfully, there were no no injuries. Everyone made it out safely. Uh, all the campers made it home safely, and we were we were extremely thankful for um, the outcome on that day. But uh, the reality is that there it was a wildfire. It was a mile and a half. Um, the the entire western United States is experiencing wildfires, and it's becoming more and more of a reality. Um, and so we've learned a lot uh, about fire. We've learned about um, getting through the obstacles that are presented. We learned uh, don't give up. We learned keep going when things get difficult. So there's so many things that uh, we learned as a camp and and as a staff and and just about what um, it means to and the importance of um, outdoor recreation. I've had many people say, hey, is it still worth it? And I can tell you, Marsha, that it is absolutely essential to make sure kids get outdoors away from the business of, of home life, the business of social media and television, and just to retreat and be outdoors and have old-fashioned fun, as we like to call it, at Circle V. You know, you, you mentioned an, an awful lot of lessons. <clears throat> it will be interesting to see. Pardon me. It would be interesting to see if those of you that were sheltered for that additional three hours if any of those young people down the line somewhere decide to be firefighters 
or first responders or something that recognizes mm-hmm. that the importance of what those men and women did to keep you safe and to keep you out and, and to get you out. And I'm thinking about the families mm-hmm. of those of you, not just the children, but all of you wondering, are you safe? And, and you know, just communicating, it, it must have, like you said, it was the longest and shortest three hours. <laughs> and I'm sure those that got out ahead of you were clearly also concerned. We need to get the rest Absolutely. of our, our rest of our people need to be safe. It really must have been frightening, and for you to have to remain calm. If you, if you as adults show the face of fear, that isn't going to mm. calm anybody down. And um, that was, I'm sure, a very prime concern is safety and calm and, and just, you know, just being together as a group and knowing that together we will overcome this and we will be safe and we will get out. Did the children talk a lot it. about this? Did you did you have a I don't know a, a a process for children to process and maybe even your counselors to process sure. what this was like once you were all rescued? It's a good question. Yeah. So um, we didn't lose anyone. Uh, we lost a few buildings. We lost the summer. Um, the next season, or that summer ended early. Um, and so you realize that you go through um, the stage of the you know the grief, you, you losing someone, you go through it. And so um, to be able to talk to, about it and go through all those stages was is, is important, and vital. So we realized early that 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 was the key. And so we made it available for the staff and for the campers to have access to to being able to talk about. It. And so we've met and we, we're continuing to do that because it's key. And whatever the trauma is, uh, whether you lose someone, lose a family member, or lose, um, or go through a harrowing experience like um, on, on that day, it, it's vital to to talk about it and to brief and to make sure that um, everyone is, is is healing. And so, for the staff and for the campers, it was it was important. So yes, um, and so to all all the listeners, it's important whatever um, the fire that you may be going through because everyone goes through those metaphorical fires um, to talk about it and to make sure that you're, um, you're, you're looking at um, the healing process. And so we are, and that's important. It's a good question. It is. It is because post-traumatic stress syndrome can happen in a variety of ways. And so true. I think it's, it's, really, it's really great. What were you going to say, Ray? Yeah, I just no, I would, galvanized. Go Everyone, sorry, go ahead. No, in in terms of the the drama that uh, this whole thing uh, turned out to be, I mean, this is uh, we can all talk about it in our from our own perspective, and and uh, Ray Lopez here has the probably the most inside perspective. But uh, I, I was up there. I, I found out about it the the, the, the very next day, and and uh, we. I was up there with our executive director toured. I mean, there were still flames licking out of uh, logs burning on the the side of the road uh, that was, that was bulldozed to allow us to even drive into the camp. And it was uh, a scary sight afterwards uh, to see that the the flames were surrounded the, the the camp and, and um, the hand of God was, was, uh, was there 
kind of directing the winds and the flames to to uh, allow us to to get the the kids out and some of the the points that uh, Ray could have added to is the fact that to keep the kids calm they put blankets over the windows of that dining hall so that they could not see the flames that they were they were that close and uh, Dave Dahlberg the first responder who made it up there I have dash cam video on on the phone that I'm talking on right now of his harrowing experience hitting literally a wall of flames and having to turn around and and uh, try again and he was extremely heroic I mean this is worthy of a Hollywood movie this this whole story and, and episode in in the history of Circle V Ranch Camp because uh, he was honored he was sent back to Washington D.C. He was up in the gallery for the State of the Union address and was uh, acknowledged by the president and the the uh, all the members of the uh, legislation. Uh, uh, Congress was there and the whole nation actually was that watched that uh, saw uh, Dave Dahlberg in his uniform mm-hmm. being honored for what he did and and uh, he was one he was the main one that got through but the the others were were uh, num- too numerous to, to mention right now, but uh, we had a ceremony uh, afterwards and, and honored them all. So it, it was uh, it was a heroic uh, effort by all involved, and, and Ray Lopez, uh, you were there at the, to lead that charge. So we, I, again, want to thank you for your, your excellent uh, leadership in that whole episode. Indeed, it took yeah. a community marsha to uh, to to get us through an entire community of uh, helping out. Um, I was talking to not too long ago with uh, Steve Bokes, who was a fire marshal, and he was on site and he was on on the highway, um, um, you know, waiting to try and get in. And he said, "Ray, um, from our point of view, it didn't look good, but I can tell you, Marsha, that on the inside, it was completely different for us." We could see the flames, but the smoke never made it in the camp. It seemed to, like, go sideways. Um, so a lot of things were working in our favor from, you know, just the winds, like uh, Ray Sweet mentioned, to the to the many um, volunteers that helped on that day to get us through and mm-hmm. continue to get us through. I, I can tell you that so many donors have, um, you know, contacted us wanting to get involved and making sure that the Circle V gets back up on its feet and continue to do the great work it's doing. And so – it's just been a, an incredible time. It was daunting, to say the least. It was life-changing. But through the challenges, I've learned that uh, you learn um, so many things in the process. And you've mentioned it about maybe some of the campers wanting to, you know, go into that profession. I already know a story of a – he was a silt at camp on that day. He was one of our teams. And because of that experience, he's joined his high school fire academy, and he wants to be a firefighter. And to me, he's used the experience for good. Um, and that's what it comes down to. It's whatever the experience, that you use it for good. And, um, yeah. and that's what we're doing at, at the society. We're, we know um, the cost. We understand, um, you know, what we face. And, and it's not easy. But we realize um, what stands in the balance. And we stand in this gap of making sure that, you know, especially young people because um, they need a lot of support. And sometimes uh, we don't have that support at home. And, and St. Vincent de Paul realizes that 
without Circle V, you know, this summer 500 campers might not um, get the life-changing skills, um, things like learning to make friends, learning to cooperate, learning to risk just a little bit and try something different. Those things, will, they will take with them forever. And you can't put a price tag on them. You know it. You worked at the YMCA camp. You can't put a price tag on those things. And so we are working tremendously hard to make sure that uh, we reopen again. And so we're excited about it. And when do you open? When, when, when's the first day of camp? The first day of camp is July 12th. So it, it'll literally oh be um, two years and like four days um, after that fire hmm. two years ago. So we're, we're excited about the July 12th opening. Oh, I bet you are. I just have to ask this question. You mentioned the name of a, of a fire person. Did you say Steve Oates, like O-A-T-E-S? No, uh, no I'm sorry, Oaks, like in the oak tree? Oh, I was going to say, uh, only because I actually know somebody by the name of Oates who was in really? the fire department, and I thought, oh, my God, this would be too coincidental. <laughs> okay, that, that's just all that question. Okay, so um, um, Ray Sweet, I want to ask you this. Um, it's, it's expensive to operate a camp. There's electricity. There's all kinds of things that have to happen. So the pe- for the people that are listening, how can people support camp and, 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 and support you in this way? Well, we rely uh, uh, so much on donations to, to run uh, the camp. Uh, as Ray could uh, easily tell you, uh, electricity is, a, is one of the, the bills that has to be paid, but uh, uh, food is probably the biggest expense, as well as salaries for the, the staff and so forth. But uh, the society in general tries to do as much as uh, we can with the donations that we get to uh, to keep the the camp operating. But uh, what what happens is uh, we get donations of goods and as well as financial uh, donations uh, to uh, to, our, to our thrift stores. Our thrift stores are we have a main one in Los Angeles, which is the probably the, the largest uh, thrift store in the country. And uh, then we have, and that's in Lincoln Heights, by the way, just uh, east of uh, Dodger Stadium. Uh, we also mm-hmm. have one in, in Long Beach on Pacific Coast Highway down there. And the donations that we get, they either they're brought there uh, by people donating or we have trucks you can call and and uh, and uh, have a truck come and, and pick up items that, that – uh, People would like to donate, um, and those items are sold uh, in their thrift store, and the proceeds uh, go to operating the camp, operating uh, the Cardinal Manning Center, which is our, the name of the, our homeless shelter for men uh, on Skid Row, uh, and all of the programs that we we have. We have uh, big giveaways at Thanksgiving of food and turkeys, et cetera. And the same at Christmas, we give away uh, uh, food and, and uh, donated uh, gifts that we cooperate with the Highway Patrol uh, in their uh, their chips, as they call it, uh, for mm-hmm. for kids at Christmas. And uh, so, all these things are 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 funded by 
uh, individual donations that we send mailers out and so forth to fundraise. But the uh, the stores are a major source of income for us and uh, a major uh, support for uh, Circle V Ranch Camp. I would like to just remind those of you that are listening that, um, as I mentioned, you have a really wonderful website, and it's it's really it's really easy to find because you just have to put in .org, don't put in .com, and put the svdpla.org, and there's there's a donation button. There's there's ways that you can contact you can contact people I and mean, people can contact you. And it's, it's a terrific website, as, as is the Circle V Ranch website. So anyone that's listening, um, they can certainly um, get involved by supporting you financially or, like as you said, and like I did, you know, where somebody just comes and, and picks up. I mean, and listen, there are lots of organizations, um, Habitat for Humanity. We're not saying that that you are the only one that does this. But for those of you that are listening that want to support a camp that, that, that does a lot, and it's not just the camps, I'm looking at your site right now, and you have all kinds of events. You have a computer class. You have ESL uh, classes. There are all kinds of different ways that people can get involved. And I thought maybe we could spend a bit of time with you, Ray, talking about some of the things, just some of the things that you do. You mentioned Cardinal Manning, but I think that before we even get over to what you do on Skid Row, because we know that that's just an incredibly serious problem, especially it's in the news constantly, the rodent problem, everything that is going on right now. But I I think that um, you have a main purpose for your for your members and your your volunteers. So what what is what would you say is the main purpose for your volunteers? Well, I would say the main purpose is, is serving the poor, and uh, it's a I'll tell you we're a faith based organization, and it is faith based to the point where spirituality is what is the driving force uh, in the St. Vincent de Paul society. It was founded that way and it's continued to be that uh, we start all our meetings with prayer and we see the service to the poor as a spiritual journey that uh, gives us opportunities to advance in our own spiritual lives and to uh, become holier people, if you will. Uh, and, this means that everything we do is is uh directed towards service to the poor and our motto i think is is uh is probably the most telling of, of all when it comes to that and and that is the the motto is uh no act of charity is foreign to the society so regardless of what peop- what the needs that people have uh if they can't meet those needs we will do whatever we can to uh, help them and and uh, help meet <clears throat> meet those needs and and make a, a difference in their lives and the there's a certain amount of satisfaction that comes from that giving of time and resources that that uh, these individuals uh, that we call <clears throat> we call Vincentians uh, these volunteers 
when they get involved with these these families and and uh, the home visits and so forth, uh, there's a there's a spiritual element that uh, is not found in in any other nonprofit organization that that I'm aware of. Uh, they do so many of them do so many wonderful things, but this is a a, a spiritual uh, a organization that thrives on service to the poor as a way of advancing themselves on the spiritual journey that that we see that life is. That's that's really well said. I I appreciate what you just said. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about the um, Cardinal Manning Center on Skid Row. What, what what tell us about that? Well, we are making a, a very small dent, if you will. It's, it's uh, uh, the the homeless situation is is in in Los Angeles is is uh, daunting to say the least. Uh, we have more homeless here in L.A. than any other city in the country. Uh, perhaps it's the weather. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine being homeless in the winter time in in the Midwest or the East. And and uh, here we are with over fifty thousand homeless here in in Los Angeles itself. So our Cardinal Manning Center, we put up. Uh, you know, six, we have sixty five beds. They're they're filled almost every night, uh, and we. Uh, this is a, a major expense that we try to we fund with uh, donations and appeals to uh, people uh, through mailers, et cetera. Uh, these, these men are fed every day. Uh, we try to get different organizations and, and companies, corporations, send their employees to the Cardinal Manning Center to serve lunch during, during the daytime. Uh, it's, a, it's a chance to not only see uh, the the uh, actions and or see the the needs put into action and, and the response that that's required uh, just to keep these people alive and, and healthy as much as we can and hopefully uh, that inspires uh, some of these companies to support uh, financially the the efforts that uh, we're putting into the the, uh, the service to the poor and, and the homeless. Um, Providing a, a place to clean up, to uh, they, they can come in. By the way, uh, we have as a, as a nice big dining area and and uh, somewhat uh, recreational hall, if you will. They can come in and uh, just off the street, relax. But it's men only. Is that shower. right, Ray? It's, it, uh, it's there, men it, only. It's is, just, okay. Right. The, the vast All majority right. of homeless men, as you may may know, and unfortunately right. too, there are families right. and children that are involved more so now than than even a couple decades back. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's of course the uh, eighty nine, eighty or ninety percent men. So, mm-hmm. so we try to do, do as you, much as we can for as many as we can. But I bet our limitations. Do, do are there. you go out and? And I, I I work with a homeless organization as well, and um, I'm sure that you find this to be true as well, which is sometimes there is truly resistance, and there's a lot of mental illness, and um, not to mention take away the mental illness completely. There are 
people that don't want to walk away from whatever their meager belongings are, including an animal, are, are if if you have a, a gentleman that wants to come into the Cardinal Manning house, can he bring his pet with him, or is that um, not allowed at, at this point? You know, um, that question has not been raised to me before, and I, I've been down uh-huh. there uh, numerous times. I've never seen anybody with pets. I think uh, uh, that would be a little bit uh, more difficult, difficult to handle. Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, yes. Handling the, the the people that are that need the the meals and the, the shelter and and, uh, mm-hmm. and facilities, sanitation facilities, et cetera, that we provide. Oh yes. Um, having having a a pet in the, that mix would just uh, be a little would bit more. Not that we put you over the top. Yeah. Be right. Tough. Well, so of these sixty-five beds that you mentioned, and can 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 these men can they can they come night after night, or is it lottery? I mean, if I can't imagine no, we, that you have enough beds, how do you decide who can stay? Well, uh, we have limitations, but uh, they they can stay there for. Uh, I think the maximum uh, we have is uh, ninety days, and and uh, what we're doing oh. in the meantime is providing case management services. We've got. Uh, Social workers uh, staffing uh, the Cardinal Manning Center who uh, interview these these uh, men and and uh, try to find out what is uh, uh, their what their needs are. If if they mm-hmm. have a skill, if they don't, can we get some kind of some kind of training? And uh, the the ultimate goal is to transition them into uh, permanent housing. Oftentimes, it's just the one bedroom uh, apartment or, or something that'll that'll get them uh in to a shelter. situation where they can uh, not only be sheltered but can provide for themselves so that they they mm-hmm. uh, have a, a part-time job uh, so that's what it takes uh we we try to find some kind of employment that will allow them to be self-sufficient and uh there's a certain amount of uh esteem and pride that that people get when they they're able to take care of themselves and provide for their own well-being and uh it's uh it's really beautiful to see uh i'll I'll tell you a quick story that i I think might appreciate we had uh this was a a few years ago we we had a young woman come uh into the skid row area with a picture of her dad she hadn't seen him in 20 years but one of the the fellows uh, that she encountered said, uh, "I know that's Tyrone, and he he lives under the uh, the Third Street Bridge. He'd been living there for 20 years under the bridge. Oh. She she they took her to him, and and it was a tearful reunion. Uh, they brought him. She brought him back to the Cardinal Manning Center." He he was rehabilitated. He got off the the, the drugs and uh, was able to uh, find himself a, a place to stay. And and with the help of his family, who had been estranged for all these years, they were able to reunite with him, particularly with his daughter. And uh, it was just a, a a beautiful story to to see that that uh, coming about, and the, that the Cardinal Manning Center played a role in that. Uh, rehabilitation of 
just one out of uh, out of the many. That's a that's a wonderful story. I almost I almost feel. When did this happen? How long ago did this happen? I'm gonna say about three or four years ago, maybe. I feel like did Steve Lopez write an article about this in the um, L.A. Times? I, I feel like I. He I did. Yeah, I, I, I feel. You know, that's what I, I'm saying. We, you talk about how you are impacted. I mean, who thought we'd be mentioning Steve Lopez right now? But I, re- I feel like I remember hearing the story of something like this because, you know, homelessness affects not just that person on the street. It, it affects. It's 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 a circle like in a lake. It just it has ripples all the way around it. And I just think it's wonderful Absolutely. what what you are doing. It, it must, uh, you know, it, it it must just warm your heart to know that you are in an organization that has this kind of an impact, and can provide for people like you say that um, that I mean you're serving the poor. I mean that that is that's at the fundamental essence of what you do, and it's it is mm-hmm. really it's 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 really it's fabulous. But I would imagine that there might be some volunteer opportunities. Are there ways that people could volunteer that maybe don't belong to a, a parish but want to come and assist? They can uh, certainly uh, uh, go on the website and uh, contact the uh, the folks at the Cardinal Manning Center. We always are looking for volunteers to help serve meals and, and uh, you know, clean the, the tables and so forth afterwards and that kind of thing. Uh, also, uh, in our thrift stores, uh, we have opportunities for volunteers. Uh, it, it's a, a very much a volunteer-driven uh, organization, and, and mm-hmm. the thrift stores itself uh, themselves uh, are, have opportunities for people to come in and help um, put stock items on the on the racks or, or whatever. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, opportunity there, and. Um, those those items really can add up and uh, can they make a difference. They they are those donations that come in uh, uh, get sold and the the and a lot of those those donations by the way are are given away. If we find that uh, in a home visit that these people they need clothing, they need bedding, mm-hmm. they need. Uh, a stove, or, or they don't even have a refrigerator a that works. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. A lamp, uh, you name it, anything that you, any household mm-hmm. item practically that that uh, gets donated, of which uh, includes everything you can imagine, uh, those donations go right to the the people in need, and uh, they, we need people to, to help uh, stock the stores and and, and process the, all the the items that come in by the truckload. So uh, yeah, there's there's great opportunity. That's 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 terrific. Yeah. I think that's that's great. In the last few minutes that we have together, I, I have I think I have the same question for both of you, and that would be, um, as far as the council goes, what do you what do you see for the future for the council? And then Ray, I will ask you the same thing about what you see for the future for camp. But let's, we'll start with the council. What, what do you see um, for your future? Well, the, the thing that we're looking for and uh, are, 
are trying to uh, advance all the time is a growth in our uh, organization. Now, that uh, growth comes from adding uh, conferences of charity, as we call them, in each of the parishes. As I mentioned, we're in about half of the 288 parishes in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, which happens to be the largest archdiocese in the country. And uh, what we're trying to do is, is uh, expand so that we touch more lives, that we are uh, able to service more of the poor because uh, our, our efforts, uh, much as they, they may be, are meager in, in comparison with the needs that, that are out there. Uh, the, the poor in the other half of the parishes that we're not in are, are suffering uh, to a certain extent as well. And we'll, our goal is to establish these conferences of charity in in all the parishes of the archdiocese, even the, the more wealthy parishes where we do a thing called twinning, where the, the funds that they raise uh, to whatever... Uh, events that they they uh they have fundraising events uh, might be a bake sale or whatever it might be uh they can uh support the the parishes uh the conferences of charity that are that are hurting that need the the funds more and they that are not able to meet all the needs that that are uh being presented to them and and uh it's uh, a growth that uh we're doing uh, on a national basis uh, our headquarters are in St. Louis and they are developing programs uh, of all sorts to uh, help grow the uh, the organization. And the more, the bigger we get, the more the more poor uh, that we can service. And uh, and that's that's the ultimate goal of, of the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul. Okay. What about for you, Ray? What would you say is the that you hold? Well, first of all, you just need to be ecstatic that you're reopening, but what do you see as the future for the camp? Oh, we're, we're excited about this summer, and that's the immediate goal for now, right? We're, we're, we're still looking for um, those who can share their time, their talent, and the treasure to, to get us to that, that opening day of summer camp. Uh, we still need um, you know, help with uh, scholarships for those that can't go to camp. But um, in the long term, we're, you know, we're approaching you know, 75 years of summer camp, um, at Circle V, and so we, we're looking. This is long term. We're we're invested in making sure um, young people, uh, children, and teens have that opportunity um, in Los Angeles County, in Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, and even further than that. Uh, if there's an opening, we want to make sure um, young people have that opportunity. We also want to make sure that we we are continuing to expand to make sure we find ways to. Um, to welcome more than 500 campers each summer. And so that's a, that's a big task, you know, wanting to get um, 95% on scholarship and, and making sure more than 500 get to go. And so the long term for us at Circle V and St. Vincent's is to, to be um, a beacon of hope, a beacon of light and a place to go um, where, where lives, I think, are, are transformed just in, the sh- in, in just the week of camp. And so it's just a real blessing. Uh, it's really a, uh, just a, an incredible opportunity to, to be part of um, what takes place at the Society Circle V. Um, it takes an incredible amount of people that are committed and invested in making sure our young people have the skills 
um, and have that uh, chance to, to become their best selves. And so I thank you, Marsha, for the time and um, the opportunity to share with you. It's been just a joy. It, it's, I hope that everybody listening um, has, has taken something away from the messages that you've given both of you men, um, how they can personally contribute and help. You don't have to live in Los Angeles to help. Um, but you, you, so anyone listening can certainly support. I think that what you're doing is marvelous for these, for these young children. Then you, then you go to the flip side and you look at somebody that's an older gentleman living on the streets. Who knows? He, he could be a veteran. There could be a, a, a variety of reasons that people are on the street. Your, your position isn't to judge. Your position is to help. And that's, that that's very clear by your mission and uh, it's a privilege frankly to share what's good in the world and both of you clearly have a passion for what you're doing and making a difference when you think about you know 500 kids a summer times how many summers you know you think about you're just like you know just like you race like Ray Sweet that started as a counselor, I mean, as a, as, a, as a camper, who would have ever thought that down the road you'd be working with this organization? And for you, um, Mr. Lopez, for you to have dedicated all of these years because you recognize the value and importance of what this means to young people, it's mm-hmm. been my privilege to just share your stories with my listeners. I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm so happy that um, nobody was hurt during the fires. I mean, that could have really gone bad, and it didn't. And like you said, we may have a, a firefighter or two that come out of this, or, <laughs> or somebody that wants to work in the in social services that helps people that are frightened. I mean, you, you just never know where. I have I, I started to use the word spark. That seems like a bad choice of words. Ah. <laughs> um, and, I love it. And ignite does, and listen, ignite That's doesn't it. sound much better. But um, encouraging from an experience like this that might promote, that there's a good word, that might promote somebody's future endeavors. So I just I want to thank you again. Maybe, hey, Ray, maybe we'll do this a year from now. Every Maybe every year around this time we'll revisit with St. Vincent de Paul and, and do a check-in to see how things are going, especially after this reopening of camp. That would be very cool. And for oh, Chris, um, thank, yep. yeah, wouldn't that be cool? And it would be cool. And for Chris, and I say his last name because I know I'm going to butcher it. How, how do you say it? Sarajevo. So for There you go. For a shout-out to Chris Sarajevo for, for making this all happen and connecting the three of us together because certainly he played a huge part in this. Everybody has a busy schedule, and I know that he's been, you had a big gala. You've had a lot of things going on that we could have spent two more hours talking about. But we'll save that mm-hmm. for the next show. And I just, I am just really so thrilled to have you both be a part of this show for me, with me today. So happy June. Happy Been an Bobby honor and a pleasure. Shows. Oh, thanks, Ray. And so until next week, and next week, oh my gosh, so next week, I'm having a friend on that I have known since our children that are 45 now, we're probably about three. And he's very involved with everything having to do with the Civil War and the kinds of nonprofits that he's working with and reenactments and all kinds of things. His name is Dean Smith. 
And he will be my guest next week because the beat goes on. And that's what I love about this. So I will wish you a, a wonderful week, a wonderful summer, continued success, gentlemen. And I will say goodbye for now. Goodbye. Thank you so uh, much, Marcia. Marcia, you're born to talk. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks a lot. That was very sweet. Bye, everybody.